Welcome to our Bon Bon podcast series, with Matt and Joanna. We provide critical information that affects your everyday life. Please be advised that the following program is for entertainment purposes only. This is the second part of Consumer Product Safety. In this podcast, we will continue covering more cases and lawsuits from Chinese imports that we had started from Part 1. In our previous podcast, we mentioned that, both the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, and the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, or the CPSC, are responsible for supervising the majority of consumer products entering the United States. For those who have not listened to our previous podcast, Part 1 of the U.S. Consumer Product Safety, we recommend that you do so before listening to this podcast. As we recall, due to lack of resources, and a huge amount of increase in imports in the past two decades, the FDA has dropped the inspection rate from 2% 20 years ago, to 1% today. The CPSC do not have the manpower to have presence at all U.S. ports. And the agency is understaffed at high-volume ports. Both the FDA and the CPSC do not inspect product randomly. These agencies use a computer system to trigger red flags for inspections. It is a risk-based prediction algorithm to determine whether shipments would be inspected. According to a report to Congress, the CPSC stated that even if the computer system sent a warning for inspection, due to lack of manpower, the CPSC could not inspect some of the red-flagged merchandises. Wow, that is quite shocking. I would think that a progressive Western country like the United States would have plenty of resources for such critical tasks. This has put us, American consumers at risk. Yes, Joanna, that is pretty disappointing, considering that the European Union, and Japan, inspect imported products a lot more. Our next topic is, dangerous Chinese copycat hoverboards. Matt, what is a hoverboard? Hoverboards is a type of self-balancing two-wheeled skateboard. In 2013, the first hoverboard patent was filed by Segway in the United States. By 2015, an estimated 1,000 Chinese factories were manufacturing hoverboards. About 4.5 million Chinese hoverboards were exported to the United States the same year. From 2015 to 2016, the Consumer Product Safety Commission received 52 reports of hoverboards, catching fire, resulting in more than $2 million in damage, including the destruction of two homes and an automobile. The incidents were widespread, affecting U.S. consumers in 24 different states. More than 500,000 hoverboards were recalled in July 2016 over fire concerns. Wow! 1,000 Chinese factories were copying Segway's pattern within two years. This is what happens if you subcontract your product to China, they end up stealing your intellectual property. Joanna, the hoverboard market in particular, has been subject to many patent battles. In 2014, Segway filed a patent complaint against Chinese hoverboard manufacturer, Ninebot. In 2016, the International Trade Commission banned Chinese copycat hoverboards from entering the United States. However, by then, 
Ninebot had bought Segway, and its intellectual property rights. As a result, Ninebot became the only producer allowed to sell hoverboards to the United States, using Segway as patent. Our next topic had touched my life. It is candied ginger. Ten years ago, I used to go sailing a lot, and ginger prevents motion sickness on the sailboat. Therefore, every time I went shopping at Trader Joe's, I would buy a few bags. Then, one day, they all vanished from the shelves. Now, I know why. Matt will tell you all about it. The topic is Chinese candied ginger with harmful level of lead. In 2013, the California State Attorney General and the nonprofit Center for Environmental Health filed a lawsuit against Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, Cost Plus, H Mart, Safeway, and many other grocers for selling candied ginger containing high levels of lead. The tested ginger products revealed an unsafe level of lead. The candied ginger package failed to warn consumers about harmful toxins, as required by California Proposition 65. According to the court settlement document, the defendants agreed not to sell ginger products containing a concentration of more than 17 parts per billion of lead by weight. They also agreed to withdraw the products named in the lawsuit from the California market and to pay civil penalties and a portion of attorney's fees. The companies were also required to turn over contact information of their suppliers. Matt, I cannot believe how many bags of those candy ginger that I ate. I did not know they were toxic. This really made me mad. As consumers, we have no clue, and are miserable when it comes to eating poison from food, such as lead. Well, Joanna, let me tell you more about ginger. In 2007, state health officials warned Californians to avoid ginger grown in China, after testing it, from two dozen Albertsons grocery stores in California. Ginger imported from China contained harmful levels of aldecarb sulfoxide, a pesticide not approved for use on ginger, by both the United States and China. Symptoms of aldecarb poisoning include nausea, headaches, blurred vision, muscle spasms, and difficulty breathing. In high doses, aldecarb can be fatal. Global supply chains have grown so long that some U.S. companies cannot identify the origin of their products. In addition, American companies, that buy Chinese-grown produce, often demand such low prices, that it is not practical for exporters, and importers to run tests. The tainted ginger came from Christopher Ranch, one of the largest U.S. garlic growers, who bought about 19,000 pounds from another California company, Modern Trading. According to the California authorities, Modern Trading did not have a public health license to conduct business, and was shut down during the investigation. Modern Trading imported the ginger from Modern Organic Ginger Company, located in Shandong Province in China. Modern Organic bought ginger from thousands of Chinese farmers, packaged it, and then shipped it around the world. China accounted for the majority of ginger imported into the United States. CBS News reported that despite the Chinese government's efforts to ban pesticides containing aldecarb on certain produce, it is still very popular with farmers. 
Some of these pesticides were labeled as the gold farmer pill, and sold for $2 per kilogram. Matt, as mentioned earlier, heavy metals in crops, is also a big problem in China. Agricultural soil in China is so polluted with heavy metals. This is due to rapid industrialization, and lack of drinkable water. Farmers have no choice, but water plants with sewage water contaminated with heavy metals. Several news sources indicated that spices from China are also contaminated with heavy metals. Our next topic is melamine-tainted food. For your information, melamine is a chemical that has many industrial uses. In the United States, it is approved for use in the manufacturing of some cooking utensils, plates, plastic products, paper, paperboard, and industrial coatings, among other things. In 2008, dishonest people in China added melamine to boost the protein reading in milk, causing thousands of babies sick or died from kidney failure. Let's move to the next topic. Fatal melamine-tainted wheat and rice protein. In 2007, two Chinese companies had illegally exported melamine-contaminated wheat gluten and rice protein for pet food manufacturing, causing animal deaths in the United States. The United States Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, had received about 17,000 complaints of sick pets, with about 4,000 deaths reported. Investigations had extended to livestock feed, containing tainted pet food, that made its way to 6,000 hogs, and as many as 3.1 million chickens. Subsequently, the FDA began sampling all wheat gluten shipments from China for melamine contamination. The FDA singled out, Shuzhou, Anying Biologic Technology, as the supplier of the contaminated vegetable protein. But discovered that, Shuzhou purchased vegetable protein from 25 different Chinese suppliers. As a result, the FDA concluded that, it was unable to determine the origin of the tainted products, and issued a U.S.-wide import alert of all vegetable protein imported from China. The FDA stated that, Shuzhou Anying Biologic Technology, evaded quality checks, by labeling their products as not subject to inspection. Given the possibility of melamine contamination of human food products, the FDA also issued a countrywide detention of all milk products imported from China. Unfortunately, as of today, the Chinese government cannot possibly control the food quality in China, due to lack of manpower. Our next case study is, counterfeit heparin. This is a very important topic, because China provides most of the active pharmaceutical ingredients, used in life-saving drugs, to the United States, and the rest of the world. In 2007, the Children's Hospital in St. Louis, Missouri, noticed adverse reactions in their young dialysis patients, who were given Baxter heparin, and notified the FDA, and Baxter. Three months later, U.S.-based Baxter initiated an urgent nationwide recall of nine lots of heparin because of serious allergic reaction and low blood pressure in patients. Baxter's tainted heparin caused 81 deaths, and at least 785 people had severe allergic reactions. Matt, what is heparin? And does it really come from pig intestine? 
Heparin is an important anticoagulant, or, blood thinner, that is widely used in surgery, and dialysis. It is derived from pig intestines, and has been marketed in the United States since the 1930s. Membrane of the intestine are collected, and processed to form a dried substance, known as crude heparin. Crude heparin is then further refined, and made into an active pharmaceutical ingredient, or, API. Baxter, the final manufacturer of the contaminated heparin, has a complex international supply chain, that starts in China, where 10 to 12 Chinese workshops make crude heparin. This crude heparin is sold to brokers, or consolidators, who then sell it to Scientific Protein Laboratories, or, SPL. SPL is an American company with a plant in Changzhou, China. SPL then sold this heparin to Baxter. Baxter had produced about 50% of the heparin used in the United States. The FDA's investigation into the cause of the outbreak revealed that, heparin ingredient made by SPL China, contained a contaminant called, oversulfated chondroitin sulfate, which mimics the real heparin, and could not be detected by standard tests. Oversulfated chondroitin sulfate, is not an approved drug in the United States, and should not have been present in heparin. The evidence suggests that, contamination was a deliberate act, by Chinese suppliers, to cut the raw heparin with a substitute, that would pass through the standard purity test. The fraud was driven by economic incentive. It costs approximately $20 per kilogram, to produce oversulfated chondroitin sulfate, versus $2,000 per kilogram, to produce crude heparin. That is so terrible. It is all about greed. During the United States House of Representative hearing, the FDA stated that the agency was lacking personnel, effective policies, adequate resources, and funding to properly perform its job. Unfortunately, the FDA did not inspect SPL China, as it is required by standard policy, before approving the shipments of heparin ingredient to Baxter. Furthermore, this plant was not registered in China as a drug manufacturer, and Chinese officials had never inspected the plant either. According to the FDA, SPL China failed to have adequate systems for evaluating crude heparin, to ensure that it was safe. And the heparin manufacturing equipment was unsuitable for its intended use. Until the recall, Baxter never inspected the SPL China plant. This is just an horrifying story. Can you imagine giving this heparin to young dialysis patients at the hospital? These kids were fighting for their lives and got an extra dose of poison. I hope that they got compensated for this. Well, some did. In 2011, according to the Chicago Tribune, a Cook County Circuit Court jury in Chicago awarded $625,000 to the family of a deceased man, who was given the tainted Baxter heparin. This was the first of 300 lawsuits, against Baxter, and Scientific Protein Laboratories, or, SPL. As of 2021, the Chinese criminals, who sold fake crude heparin to SPL, used by Baxter, have not been caught. Let's talk about another case, affecting children. The lead-tainted toys from China.
I did not realize about all these horrible stories until we dug further in our research. China has been the largest supplier of toys to the United States market for over two decades and accounted for 85% of all U.S. toy imports in 2015. The recalls associated with Chinese toys, coated with lead paint in 2007, exposed shortcomings in the U.S. product safety defense and led to improvements in how the Consumer Product Safety Commission, or the CPSC, monitors imports for safety. In 2007, Mattel, the world's largest toy maker, faced three toy recalls that affected millions of its toys made in China because those toys pose lead poisoning and choking risks to small children. Many of them feature Sesame Street and Nickelodeon. More than 300,000 of the tainted toys have been bought by consumers in the United States. Although the United States has banned the sale of toys made with lead paint. Since 1978, those products continue to make their way into the U.S. market. In 2007, China and the United States signed an agreement, deepening their cooperation to increase product safety. China pledged to immediately eliminate the use of lead paint in children's products through a paint certification system, and agreed to share information about Chinese supply networks in the event of a U.S. recall. The Chinese government also agreed to strip manufacturers of their export licenses if they violate safety regulations. In 2008, the U.S. Congress passed the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act, which introduced important safeguards for children's products. Under the act, all children's products sold within the United States must be tested by a Consumer Product Safety Commission-accredited facility, receive safety certification. And contain permanent tracking information. In 2009, Mattel and its Fisher Price subsidiary paid a $2.3 million civil penalty for importing and selling toys that contained excessive levels of lead. The penalty was part of an agreement that the companies had with the Consumer Product Safety Commission for their series of recalls in 2007, involving about 95 Mattel and Fisher Price toy models. In 2011, the Consumer Product Safety Commission established its first overseas office to maintain cooperation with Chinese regulators and to provide safety training. Total recalls associated with lead in children's products have declined significantly since 2007. Well, I am glad that something positive came out of this. If you are a dog lover, you may want to pay attention to our next case study. The lethal dog treats from China. Yes, let's talk about lethal dog treats. This is another topic concerning pet owners. From 2007 to 2015, the FDA received 5,200 complaints reporting gastrointestinal or kidney problems linked to jerky treats for pets imported from China. At least 1,140 dogs died. Problems with jerky treats first appeared in 2007, with a rising frequency in 2012 and 2013. The FDA was not able to identify the contaminant that caused these illnesses, but ultimately issued an import alert for Chinese dog treat companies beginning in 2014. Certain Chinese jerky treats contained residues of antibiotics and antivirals.
According to the FDA, it was not possible to track pet illness outbreaks easily. First, it was difficult to collect evidence, as necropsies are not typically conducted on pets. Second, the FDA could not find a definitive contaminant that caused the illness. However, since it began detaining shipments from specific Chinese importers, the reports of jerky-related illness have declined. In 2016, China's animal feed regulations, which pertain to pet food products, were revised to increase pet safety. However, it may take China time to enforce these rules. Matt, my sister's dogs died around this period. She used to give them a lot of dog treats. I wonder if, the jerky treats caused their deaths. No one would do a necropsy to determine the cause of death if the dog died. That is sad. As we mentioned in our books, crooks have been mislabeling their products to go undetected. Since the FDA only inspects less than 2%, I am not surprised if these crooks can get away with it. Yes, it is sad. That we live in this world with many dishonest people. Pets are like children for pet owners. It must be devastating for them. Let's go over the last case study, unsafe Chinese tires. Chinese suppliers have occasionally altered the design of their products, to cut costs, and if importers do not take action quickly, these products can circulate widely through the United States. In 2000, U.S. retailer Foreign Tire Sales, or, FTS, began buying Hangzhou Thongs's radial truck tires, after their initial tests showed that they performed well. A few years later, Hangzhou Thongs unilaterally changed their tires, by removing gum strips between tire belts, a safety design to keep tires from separating and causing accidents. In 2005, FTS found out about the defective tire after noticing a series of warranty claims. FTS did not alert federal authorities, until a lawsuit was brought against the company in 2007, when a Hangzhou Thong's tire allegedly separated on a van in New Jersey, resulting in two deaths, and one serious injury. Under U.S. law, FTS was responsible for replacing the defective tires. However, as a small company with only seven employees, FTS claimed it would go bankrupt. Finally, FTS recalled 255,000 tires, which cost the company $51 million. Then, FTS sued Hangzhou Thongs in U.S. court, and got a settlement. Hangzhou Thongs was China's second-largest tire manufacturer, and had significant resources to reimburse FTS. But it is unknown to what extent. FTS was able to recoup its losses. Wow, a lesson learned the hard way, for an American tire retailer. That is why, I make sure that my tires are, made in America, or Europe, just to be on the safe side. Please note that the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission has a website, that specifically lists recalls, from products made in China, at cpsc.gov, and look for recalls. Then, Chinese monthly listing. Yes, Joanna, the CPSC has a lot of good resources at its website. If you have any concerns about a particular product, you should go to its website to find out whether it is being recalled. 
I really miss the old days when I bought some appliances and they last forever. I still have my clothing iron that I bought when I was a freshman in college. It is made in USA by General Electric. Three decades later, it is still working. Most of the time, the rubber part of the appliance just melted, causing appliance to stop working, like my blender. I was so mad that it fell apart after one year, and I did not even use it. So, I paid a lot more for a new Vitamix blender because it is made in America. After five years, it is still working. I got my money's worth for sure. This concludes our podcast today. The contents of this podcast came from the book, China, Hidden Poisons, by Aban Bon LLC. Thank you for listening. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, share, and give us a five-star review. For further details of our publications, please visit our website at abonbon.com. You can also buy us coffee by clicking on the support the show link at the end of the podcast descriptions. Thank you. Thank you.